So we've just come up the steps and we have arrived at our destination, which is the Turner Contemporary. Uh, it's a public gallery. And what can you see? Well, it's quite overcast this morning, but it's still really beautiful because there's a amazing view of the beach and the harbour arm. Um, so the Turner kind of just sits to the right of the harbour arm in Margate. Yeah, we're looking out into kind of where the station is so it's about a five ten minute walk from the station and it's actually where t.s Eliot wrote some of his famous um writings and stuff it's really cool yeah and, and of um, course where turner would paint his sunsets yeah and the, the uh, dramatic seascapes that's right um yeah so we're now stood outside and this is the most amazing architecture it's like yeah it's a bit like when you look at a beach hut or something it's got yeah. that kind of reference to that yeah it's really exciting, you know, when you come out of the station and I remember bringing my mum here for the first time and I thought she wouldn't really get Margate, but the minute we got out, she was like, wow, I love it here. Mm. And there is that really brilliant thing here that I think is really unique to Margate, which is that you see the sea straight away. Yeah. And then you, you get do. to walk up and then you see yeah. Turner Contemporary. Well, and that, that, it gave it a new perspective here because I grew up here and I have, n- I had never stood over this side. Oh, really? Looking out that way, right? And I hadn't appreciated just how beautiful it was. Wow. And now you've got this lovely because as you come up the steps, you've got this really big space where you turn around, and it's like this gorgeous landscape is revealed to you, yeah. which I just don't think you would have appreciated before this was here. No. So and it's actually, really opened up a whole other part of Margate. It also changes constantly. So like, because we all live here, like you see it in different weather all the time. Yeah. And it's never the same view. That's what I love about yeah. it. And sometimes you get these incredible sunsets. Well, almost daily, yeah. actually, even in winter. <laughs> daily. Um, bright yeah. pink, bright orange, you know, yeah. really stunning colours. And this is the kind of thing we do, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. We potter around. We potter around together, <laughs> gossiping. Yeah, it's um, lovely. It kind of just feels like home for us. Yeah. Being here together. Yeah. I'm Talk Arts' Robert Diamant, here at Turner Contemporary in Margate. I'm the Everyday Racism co-founder, Naomi Evans, and this is... Meet Me at the Museum. So we're coming into the main um, entrance hall... And we've got the really large floor-to-ceiling window, um, which looks out onto the sea. So it just gives the most incredible backdrop. It's also incredible light, isn't it? Today yeah, it's like re- it's quite a grey day today, but it's really bright. Yeah, and it's like a huge atrium. It would actually be an amazing painting studio. Yeah, the ceilings are really high. Yeah, um, it's epic, isn't it? It's all very neutral in terms of colour other than the artwork obviously yeah it's like giant white walls I don't even know if I've ever seen a wall that big <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. huge. it's huge hello we have our national art pass with us fantastic thank you, you, thank you so much amazing thank you Thanks. when Meet Me at the Museum asked me to pick a museum in the UK mm. of course I immediately thought of Turner yeah, Contemporary of <laughs> because um, we both live in this town yeah. and Turner is such an important place because I think without it having opened and uh, you know been here um, I would never have moved here Yeah, because we moved um, our gallery Carl Friedman Gallery and Counter Editions our print business into Margate and that just wouldn't have been an option I think if Turner hadn't already set up a kind of public art um no i mean it has opened up so much for the area 
And so many people have moved because of the art community. And then obviously the knock-on effect as well. Um, Everything that's come after. And I think as well for us, this is an important place because it's Mm. where we just met up the road Mm. for the fact, you know, when two years ago. Um, So Margate links us. It's special for us. We both champion Margate. It's an integral part of our lives. Yeah, totally. And I think it's really helped transform my life. Mm. And um, I think as well, um, I came to the Turner when it was still being finished. So I actually came here on a hard hat tour because right. I worked with Tracy M in the artist and she's a long term friend of mine for the past kind of 16 years or so. Mm. And um, she actually invited me and we came on this hard hat tour. <laughs> so I actually I've seen it since the inception. Yeah. of it. We've got Sophie von Hellerman and Anne Ryan. Yeah. Um, Sirens exhibition. Sophie, I actually know quite well. She actually even painted some tiles in my house in Margate <laughs> that she gave me as a gift. So she's the most amazing person. What were the, t- the pictures? It's um, the Harbour Arm here in Margate oh, and it's got me standing on it as a kind oh. of sailor or something. It's very sweet. Um, Are you and she in a gave sailor's it outfit? In about 2019, yeah. <laughs> um, I think back in 2019 she gave it to me. But what she does is she makes work responding to her everyday life yeah. but also to what's going on in the world. Yeah, the colours are absolutely beautiful. Yeah. There's so many pinks and turquoise and reds and purples. And also and... I feel like Sophie's responding to the sea because obviously this is like a site-specific installation yes. and I think it's on until like 2023 so it's a long, long show yeah. and then every few months they change all the work. So I came to the opening here and saw and it, it on the different. first night and it was different work. It was more like beach-themed paintings. But there these ones have the sky, don't the sea. Yeah, the sea. Um, on the other side... There's two smaller canvases. She's still giant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I say smaller. They're still absolutely massive. <laughs> They're probably like um, 300 centimetres or something. And the They're first huge. one is like a green, um, turquoise green. And it's like a shipwreck. Yeah, maybe with a mermaid. With a mermaid. Yeah. It's very mermaid-like. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So the it's long got that... kind of brown strokes of hair and yeah. the wood from the shipwreck. And weirdly, the mermaid looks quite calm. Like, you yeah. think in some sort of storm like that, she might be a bit stressed out. But she, yeah. looks, she looks like, like she's got it all she's in hand. She's riding the waves. She is. <laughs> I love how loose her paintings are as well. They're really, like, all about the marks. Yeah. And they feel, like, very free. They feel very and free. And unselfconscious and bold. Yeah. There really is a like definite sense of freedom about those paintings. And also, I think there's something quite fairy tale like about her paintings. Yes. A bit like is. we're talking about those, those, those kind of that narrative within these. Yeah. There's always these whole stories going that's on. That's right. Particularly the mermaid one. And then we are also, it's two artists, and we're surrounded by, by what Anne look Ryan's like clay work. sculptures and also these kind of cutout works, yeah. which are like paintings, but they're, they become kind of 3D cutouts kind yeah. of sculptures and the colors are really striking again they really complement sophie's work with the purples and the oranges and the turquoise the really nice thing is both these artists are based in in, in margate yeah but they're both like international artists who are showing like um sophie's just had a show in new york open um so they're both very much part of a kind of international art yeah. conversation in a way but I love that they're both making this work here and yeah. that we actually get to see it it's in really this big exciting. presentation. Yeah, And the works by Anne are actually on these 
amazing kind of long tables. They're like trestle tables almost, a yeah. bit more solid. Yeah, um, yeah, they're kind of inspired by trestle tables, aren't they? Yeah. But they, they look kind of like they've been deliberately chosen, so it's kind of like this, this light wood yeah. with a white surface above them. And that really helps to kind of elevate and allow these 3D sculptures to kind of Yeah, fly and it almost. adds to the, the feeling of everything being quite natural and complementing the environment. The yeah. beach and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, they're really high. I've only just noticed. Like, I'm six foot two, and these are quite high up. I feel like sometimes they might... You look down on sculptures and galleries, yeah. but we're almost looking up at them. That's somebody diving. Oh, yeah. So the, the one that faces the sea, there's a cutout of somebody diving. So with the backdrop of the sea, it looks like they're diving into the sea almost. I've always liked her work because often you see dancers and kind of the female nude but but you know made by a woman so it's like a very different perspective yeah. on the history that we're so familiar with yeah. it's so, so refreshing where did we first meet so i met you at margate pride and margate yeah. has literally become one of the gayest towns in the uk <laughs> we wanted to call it the gayest city queer, queerest city but you can't because it's not a city yet i remember being really blown away by your speech and then i went to bar nothing which is a local bar here and i saw you there yeah. and i was so in awe and i came up to you didn't i i was like a super <laughs> fan did. it was really embarrassing no, it wasn't embarrassing it was lovely I did this speech about intersectionality and, yeah. and celebrating the black and brown kind of pioneers of the LGBTQ community and then afterwards went for a drink yeah, yeah, and then right. you said to me, you did that speech, it was incredible and I was quite taken aback, really humbled that you had said that and we just got talking and yeah. that was it, really. It, was really it just did a spark. I met you, I felt like I'd known you for ages. Yeah, that's how I felt. It was almost like I we'd felt. grown up together yeah. or we were family We're or something. It's really already, strange. It was really yeah. easy to talk. And I think, for me, this friendship has been... It's, it's been priceless, really, over the last two years. So we are now joined by Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Robert. I'm Sarah. I'm head of exhibitions at Turner Contemporary. How long have you been here at Turner? Oh, gosh. I've been, I actually joined in 2007, believe it or not. So oh. I know. So before the gallery opened, you probably know we were running a whole programme of um, projects in the town and across Kent. So I was doing some of that. And then I've been working in the gallery since 2011 when, when it opened. Hey. So you're an original. Almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> the history of it goes back even further than that. But yeah, I, yeah, I have grown up and older Aww. with the project, yes. So you must have overseen a lot of these projects in this main entrance hall. Yeah, so um, so we're standing in the Sunley Gallery, which is this uh, incredible space, double height space, mm. uh, looking directly out to sea. And when the gallery was designed uh, originally, the, the intention was always that when people came into the space, so we're kind of in the entrance to the gallery yeah. as well, it, uh, people, you'd see art. So you'd have this encounter with art at the very beginning of your visit. So we use this space for new commissions, such as the Sirens piece that we're yeah. looking at now, as well as showing existing work. So we've shown, you know, Rodin's Kiss sculpture in here a number of years ago, as well as work by people like Cornelia Parker, um, Barbara Walker recently, yeah. uh, Yinka Shonabara, I mean, many artists over the years. We were saying that one of the, the loveliest things about this gallery is that when you walk in, you are immediately immersed 
in the art yeah. and the view out to sea is just stunning yeah and it's always changing and I guess it's quite a challenging space for artists in some ways because you've got to compete with this kind of incredible yeah. landscape and yeah. seascape yeah, yeah. so I think you know what Anne and Ryan and Sophie von Hellerman who've created this installation yeah. were really conscious of was wanting to uh, not compete with that, but to try and respond to it yes. and somehow bring it into the space as well, which I think they've I think done they've really done successfully. That really well. Yeah, I like the way that Sophie's backgrounds, like the sky and the, you, you feel like there's a sense of the sea, Absolutely. like in the paintings, the fluidity of her brush marks yeah. as well. And it's called Sirens, which of course is referencing, you know, the, the Greek uh, myth of uh, these kind of female figures who would lure sailors to their deaths. So it's, oh. it's absolutely respond, taking the sea as the starting point, as well as having lots of contemporary references as well. Wow, I didn't know that. No so way. actually, the, the painting um, behind us there by Sophie... Uh, is is very directly a, a painting of a siren so you can see this I mean like all of her work it's very sort of fluid and dreamlike in a way but it's showing the, the wheel of a ship and then this this figure of a, a female who's appearing to be sort of well I think uh, that, uh, my interpretation is that she's sort of sucking all these kind of uh, figures into her vortex <laughs> we were saying that she see she appears very calm yeah and right. it's but that's almost unnerving then isn't it <laughs> to know like this is really clever in that respect that if that's kind of what she's doing but she looks quite calm gives yeah. that kind of unnerving feeling yeah, yeah totally but I think I mean Sophie's paintings are uh, I guess brilliantly sort of ambiguous as well in yeah. that sense and, and very open to interpretation um, but I think what she's really interested in is representing you know how we kind of um, see images in our minds mm. um, and so whether that's our dreams or our memories you know how do you, how do you kind of um, evoke that on a canvas and what colours would you use to evoke the kind of inner images that you, you see in, internally yeah and this was this space as well was where Barbara Walker was and for me that was one of the most powerful things I've seen happen here because you could actually come and observe her doing the work yeah it was incredible actually yeah, I mean it was Barbara so she made these large-scale wall drawings of women who live in Margate and, and, and Kent it's interesting the way artists are wanting to use this space slightly differently because also Sophie was really keen and is really keen to make the paintings in the space so oh, yeah. she's actually made uh, the three paintings that we're looking at now in the space mm. so while we're open so if you're quick because Sophie works really quickly <laughs> you know there are moments when you can come and see her actually making the paintings here and she talks about because in a way that's kind of exposing herself to quite a lot of um, like the risk of failure because um, you know she makes the painting and then it goes up on the wall but she is very open to that and she talks about the kind of painterly risk being really something she's really open to and, and up for. And both artists' work is very sort of intuitive and spontaneous, I would say, and very, very playful as well. And mm. there's lots of colour in the space too. Yeah, I love mm. the sense of movement in both mm. the work as well. Mm -hmm. I was talking about Anne's dances because she sometimes has... Uh, you see dances in her work, but when you think about the movement of the waves... You know, in, in terms of the movement of the sculptures, they're really, it's a really nice rhythm. It is. Well, it's almost yeah. musical, isn't it? It's or really musical, yeah. Mm. Um, and there's just incredible views sort of through the sculptures and out to sea. And then actually, if you go outside and look back in, you get an amazing view of the piece as well.
the idea of sort of leaving London after 20 years seems so alien to me. Yeah. But I also thought, like, every time I've done something that's a risk in life and taken that step or a jump... It's paid off. And one of the things that gave me comfort was that I knew people who worked at Turner. I knew that this was, like, a... This was doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like a new frontier or something, some kind of new, I don't know, like a new thing to try in life. Yeah. And it was really, but it must be different for you because you, you grew up here, so I guess. Yeah, it's, it's strange because growing up here, I couldn't wait to leave. That's the reality. And sometimes it really saddens me to say that oh. because Margate has really healed me. Um, I think there's always a sense of where you grow up, you want to leave because you want to go and find your way in the world yeah, and, yeah. you know, find who you are. But to be honest, there really wasn't very much going on here. Um, People see Margate now and things have really changed. And about 12 years ago, when my mum showed me the picture of the Turner um, on the front of the local newspaper, she turned to me and she said, it's going to change here, Naomi. And I laughed. I laughed at her and I said, I don't think so, Mum. (laughs) Because I was living in London and I was so London-centric. You know, I had that awful arrogance of, like, everything happens here, this is where everyone should be. Um, And I'd come home and visit and like coming back, but then I also couldn't wait to get back. And she had that vision, you know, all those years ago. And then people slowly started coming and there was a new cafe opened on the harbour, the Harbour Cafe. Yeah. And I remember mum saying, we've got a cafe and it's got one of those proper espresso machines. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're standing now on what we call the balcony gallery, which is on the first floor of the building. So it looks down into the space that we've just been in, but it also looks out... Uh, to see to the North Sea, so you get this view of of the sea, and it is my favourite spot in the gallery. I think because because of the view, because you have this relationship to some of the other gallery spaces. So you have views down, um, so we can see one of Sophie von Hellemann's paintings from this space. But I think for me, it's about that changing view and the changing light as well. Yeah. I actually really remember this balcony in the Turner Prize because Margate had the Turner Prize a few years ago, which was the um, scandalous year when uh, the artists all came together and they jointly won the prize. It was really cool. It was incredible. Um, it was a really brilliant year. But I remember coming, that, that show was really intense and I used to find each room quite an, an intense kind of emotional experience in a way because like Lawrence Abu Hamdan's installation and then Helen Kamek's film and Taishani's installation, it, uh, those particular rooms have really touched me. I used to come and look out to see in between each room as a way of, like, calming yeah, myself down. Yeah, a calming effect, yeah. like a breathing space. Yeah. 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 And looking out at the sea on a sort of slightly murky day in Margate, and the tide is in. I'm not sure if it's going in or coming out. I think it's going out. <laughs> I think it's going out. So, um, although we can't see it, um, we might we know see it's the there. top of his and head you'll soon. You'll see it later. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so there's a, a sculpture by um, Anthony Gormley called Another Time, which we installed on the on the rocks just opposite the gallery back in 2017. Um, and it was originally meant to be there for I think a year, and it's now been extended. So it's going to be there until 2030. Uh, so for another. Um, nearly 10 years and I mean you know Anthony Gormley is very familiar to to, to everyone I'm, I'm sure but um, is you know particularly known for these figures that he places in the landscape so in cities but also in mm. um, in nature 
uh, in this country and around the world. And they're not, I mean, they're casts of his body, but he doesn't think of them as sort of being self-portraits. They're meant, to, you know, they have a more kind of universal quality, I suppose. So this, this, this figure is one of a series of um, 100 that he made in cast iron. And what I love about it is the fact that, A, that it is kind of revealed as the tide yeah. goes in and out. So you have this kind of um, constantly changing um, view of it. But also the fact that, and I hadn't really thought about this when we installed it, but it's kind of been reclaimed by nature and by the sea. So uh, when you get close to it, you can see that it's now completely kind of encrusted with barnacles yeah. and seaweed. And you can still see the kind of joins that they used in the foundry and the sort of process of the making, but it has been... It's, and it's totally oxidised now as well. So it's, it, it looks like this kind of almost alien thing that's part of nature. Yeah. And I really love that. But, so it's quite risky walking up there, but I've walked up there myself and got really close to it. And it is so weird, like seeing yeah, the barnacles in the way that even since when it got first installed, I saw it then and how much it's changed. Yeah, massively. Um, it's amazing how many people come to Margate and want to see it. Yeah, as well. well, it's so interesting because, like you said, it's revealed as the tide goes out. So depending on when you see it, you get this different perspective. Perspective. Mm. Sometimes you just see a head, and then sometimes you just see a torso <laughs> yeah. and a head. And sometimes, you know, I've seen people stop and actually think, "Is that a person? Yes. Is it yeah. somebody in there? Yeah. Do they need help?" It's yeah. a really interesting piece of work. There was also a moment quite early on when it came here. I think it was in 2017 where um, a huge tanker ran aground. I don't know if, right. if you saw that. There's a photo but, um, of it on Google. There's an yeah. incredible. Fo- I mean. It was literally a metre away from the sculpture and quite how it survived, I don't yeah. know. I think it made it onto the front page of like the Times or something. <laughs> it the was like a shipwreck. The photo is astounding. Yeah. Yeah. And so this figure looks like completely vulnerable yeah. and dwarfed by this enormous... Uh, tanker yeah. that eventually did sail away and there was no damage. Yeah. And that's actually what's so brilliant about even this Sunley Gallery is just the way that nature is so involved and how the artist, when you make the work, you have no idea really how, what the outcome's going to be because Anthony Gormley would never have known that there'd almost be a shipwreck. You no. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or, or even those barnacles. Like, it's all kind of... I love the unpredictability of it. Yeah. It kind of keeps it all really exciting. Yeah. So now we're going to go and see Larry Achiampong's solo exhibition, which yes. I have seen once before. But You've I actually, seen it. I wasn't here that long though, so I'm really excited about getting back I in am. there because there's so much detail in it. I'm really excited. And then later on, we can go back outside and hopefully we'll see the Gormley. We might see the tip of his head. Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> I've just called the lift. And the lift is an experience in itself at the Turner (laughs) because it's really deceptive. You think it's just a normal lift and then when it opens, it's absolutely massive. It's the biggest lift I think I've ever been in. Yeah, it's the biggest lift I've ever been in. And there's been a few times where they've even had artists do artworks inside the lift. I came once and you would open the lift and there would be a choir in the lift so you'd be greeted by singing. That sounds it like a Martin beautiful. Creed artwork. He's done stuff like where you walk upstairs and as you go up each step, it's got someone going, ah, <laughs> like stuff like that. Ah. Thank you, Lift. So this solo show is called Wayfinder and it has many different elements. One, it's kind of basically centred around a brand new film that was, I think, commissioned for this show. 
and it, it's running until the 19th of June. But yeah. it also has a body of work that is being curated by the artist Larry Achiampong yeah. of JMW Turner. Turner. Um, and there's also a gaming room, which we'll go to later. Yeah, so when you come in onto the balcony, you're met with three life-size like mannequins and they're dressed in two of them are dressed in like green khaki overalls with boots and gloves and one of them has an astronaut's helmet um, and they've got backpacks on and like a gas mask and the one in the middle has got like a red mac on the central figure is from the film. And there's also the signs, like a kind of road yes. sign, which says Relic Traveller, Detention, Wayfinder. JMW um, Turner and Gaming, gaming room. room. So there's a kind of like indication that you're being directed in to different kind of worlds. And they're in um, different like red, black, green and yellow, which is like the colours from different Caribbean countries and African countries. So it's like the Pan-African flags. And that's very much like the central, one of the central themes of, of this work is that, you know, the bringing together of different diasporas. And actually, Larry has designed his own flags and there's, there's um, one of them actually, or two of them, at the, at the Margate train station. Oh, great. And I really like it as a way that when you come off the train, you're, you're immediately already, interacting with the yeah. art. It's super cool. So we're now going to go into Wayfinder. I think Turner Contemporary is so beautifully designed as well. The doors are like really high. The doors are really high, really high, heavy glass doors. Yeah, quite elegant. Maybe the macabre juxtaposition of cream and white and blood should have been a Wow. It's intense, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's very powerful. I love the way that he thinks about how powerful language can be. Yeah. And this idea of, like, what we're promised from the government, what yeah. we're promised by, you know, a country that you live in, and then yeah. the reality yes, of the disillusionment, right. the, the, the matter-of-fact kind of every day. Yeah, and, how and hard that's, that can be. you know, the journey that the girl is on in the film yeah. is really documenting that. And also it feeds into what's happening now, where, you know, we look at what's happening in Ukraine and... and and obviously the plight of refugees and, and people being displaced yes. in their own countries and in other countries. Mm. And it's an essential conversation that needs to be had. But like I said, I, I love the way he kind of marries so many different elements together yeah. to be able to do that. And I thought the use of the fairground, you know, the kind yeah. of bright lights, yeah. <laughs> the kind of the ghost train, the, the dodgems, yeah. like the horses, like all of this kind of like... Well, it's the promise, isn't it? Yes. It's the promise. And then actually what it ends up being, dreamland, literally, that, yeah. you know, it's the yeah. metaphor, yeah. but also it was completely empty. Yeah. It was dead. Yeah. You know, the promise was if you go to university, if you work hard, you'll be able to do this, this and this. And the reality was I went to university, I got into loads of debt. And then when I came out, I couldn't get a job. Yeah. It's such an important conversation that's needed kind of post this like big global awakening. And what Larry's done is he's opened up another part of the conversation, which is about the kind of black British experience but also 
that that is multi-layered and multifaceted. Mm. And I think what that film does is it really just starts to question what's been happening. But also visually, it's so beautiful and so powerful. So he's just been able to like bring together these issues also with such beauty yeah so it's like a celebration but also essential questioning at the same time yeah exactly wow so we're now in a room full of chalkboards and in the background we can actually hear the film as well that we've just seen and his film has music in it and spoken word um, and I love the fact that you get the echo of the film when you walk into this room um, which is a kind of big corridor long corridor yeah. all lit spotlit with um, how many are there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. there's probably about 15 or 20 chalkboards and each chalkboard is a square like a black square that then has white text written out in white chalk and they're very, very, very powerful messages on these boards. Yeah, they are. But I really wanted to see these because actually when my friend who grew up here, um, he's one of my only black friends that I grew up with here in Margate, came to see this, he messaged me straight away. Really? And he'd taken pictures of these. Wow. And he was like, Naomi, you've got to see these. And we always have these moments where we're like can you believe this is happening in Margate? Can you believe it? And he showed me the one, I'm just going to go back to it, which the line is, black death, black squares, atonement, festival, back to business. Mm. And that's on repetition, probably about 25 times. And for me, this is actually something really important and something I think about a lot, especially running like an Instagram account and thinking about the actual purpose of it Mm. and what are we actually changing what are we actually doing here Mm. because Mm. we saw you know in the aftermath of George Floyd oh let's post a black square in in support and then two years on have we really seen change growing up here you know we did experience a lot of racism Um, And we were often left to kind of deal with it on our own. And it was very rare that somebody else would kind of advocate for us. Um, So, yeah, we decided to start this platform called Everyday Racism, where people could just share their stories. We just that was literally the intention. People can share their stories of how racism shows up in the UK so that other people can see how it operates and then, of course, we, you know, we saw the murder of Ahmaud Albury, mm. following that, the murder of George Floyd, and the kind of conversation about racism blew up in the mainstream in a way that I had never seen before. We decided, really, that we would make a commitment to helping the next generation not kind of have to live with the same things that we lived with and other people we know lived with. 
I've learned since living in Margate about solidarity. Just because it's not your experience or your trauma, for me as a white person, it still means you can have empathy or try to support people who are experiencing racism and that I might have experienced, like, you know, a hate crime on a train recently for being gay even. You know, and, like, I have an experience too, but, like, that we can come together and through solidarity, like, support each other, share, you know, ideas of how to make change or or to support each other in making that change. And I think that's really powerful in Margate and, and in this museum. I think they're starting to in this public gallery. Well, it's about connecting the dots as well because they're all interlinked. Yes. So it's not that all these things happen in sort of isolation. You know, all of those issues are connected. Climate change and and transphobia and, you know, um, racism and and all of those things. And not until one of those things are solved are all of those things going to be solved. So now we are going to walk through to the other side of the museum and we're going into a space called the gaming room following the sign, yeah. <laughs> the sign post um, to the gaming room. This is often a room that's used in the museum for kind of um, educational yes. um, collaborations and workshops. It has some of the flags, which we were talking about earlier, yes. which look like they're all kind of like sewn out of fabric all by hand so beautiful and these are the flags that we saw in um in that i saw sorry at the, at the train station train station yeah so it's a really yellow space <laughs> um with bean bags black and green and red and gold and then the room is full of televisions some flat screens some that I recognised from my childhood. Yeah, there's like, like the Sony 80, TVs. late 80s. That one, I, remember, I had that one, like a VHS. <laughs> the VHS. It's got a VHS built, built into the TV. Amazing. And popular culture is something that Larry often, um, you know, incorporates into his practice and into the exhibitions that he makes. And I love this idea because it's really bringing together something that, you know, I don't really play computer games, but I did in my childhood. Yes. So even for me, like someone who thinks they're not into computer games, yeah. I did have an experience Absolutely. of it. So what did you play? I used to play Mario Kart me too. and Sonic. At my friends, yeah. I never had a Sonic no. I used to go to, I used to, go to my, friends my friends to play a on Sega. The Sega. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So now we're going to meet Dee. Hello, Dee. Hi, How nice are you? to see you again. Hi, Dee. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm Dee Ajiba, and I'm a learning producer at Turner Contemporary. And I'm so pleased that you found our gaming room. I know. <laughs> We've just been around the whole museum, but this is a really exciting room. This is room. really cool. There's currently, like, families actually here on beanbags playing these computer games. Yeah. It looks like they're all competing with each other. Yeah, I think what's been really nice is to just to see people of all ages yes. and kind of people who are new to gaming. And I heard you talking about, like, your background in gaming and... <laughs> it just feels really like, you know, kind of springboard to the yeah. rest of the exhibition, but also a bit of a landing point as well, where you can kind of come and reflect and digest everything you've seen. And it's kind of shown us like the possibilities of what you can do with learning spaces. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because this doesn't look to me like a traditional learning space, does it? Like, you know, you think of a learning space being like a place with desks and books, maybe. But like, this is all like very interactive. Yeah, for sure. And like Larry um, works with us really closely on this with kind of local gaming experts and enthusiasts. So it feels like even though it feels a very interactive kind of fun and engaging space, it is also very curated. So the games that you can see in the space all have this really strong theme of journeying and kind of being on a quest, which you'll see in the rest of Larry's work. Like a Zelda type thing. Yeah. It's a whole world. I think once you start kind of scratching the surface, you realise it's just this incredible kind of 
multi-dynamic. Yeah, this I is a great one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. That Nintendo. Robert's Nintendo licking at an old Nintendo system. system. I used to love the cartridges as well. Yes, you just plug them into the top. It, oh, it's bringing back so many what, memories. What we've also tried to do as well is we've got these sort of um, captions next to each of the consoles. So it tells you what the game is, um, who the publisher is, and the date it, it was released. And the idea behind that was just to really put these games on like a platform, like these are artworks, they're masterpieces in their own right. Like you have a whole team of collaborators behind them creating these fantasy worlds that they're real kind of masterpiece. Yeah, And in games as well, like um, Larry said he was drawn to them because you have full control over that world. Like Mm. sometimes when there's so much going on in the real world, you can jump into a game and you're just immersed in this kind of different dimension. That's why I quite like this game. Um, it's projected on the back wall. It's What's called, this one? It's actually called Journey. So um, you're kind of this hooded figure that's flying through a desert collecting flags. And I've tried to kind of work out what the purpose of the game is. And <laughs> I don't think there really is one. I think it is just about feeling quite like meditative and listening right. to the music and collecting things. So if, if you want to sit down, I'll give you a remote. So this oh, is I see on there's PlayStation. a handset. Ah. Yeah. And it's Go a PlayStation. Robert, have one. a go. Yeah. See, I want to see I never... your skills. Oh gosh, um, PlayStation. I never um, really interacted much with. This level but... might be a bit. Okay, so I've got a handset now, which has a square, a triangle, and a circle, and a cross on it. So what? What? What do you actually do? Oh, well, there I am. What is that? So what? What is this person? <laughs> it's a cloaked cloaked figure yeah, oh so it's figure. a bit like the cloaked figure in the hallway when we walked in it, it does feel like that oh wow oh my gosh this is really freaking me out i'm moving through a kind of like 3d world digital kind of animation trying to find flags wow this is crazy oh there we go flags i did it i got some flags i love that the lead character has a uh, scarf on it's a bit like I'm a big fan of scarves and jumpers. <laughs> well, actually, I really enjoyed that, and I'm quite surprised because I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. But it is quite meditative because the space that they create in this journey game—it's so epic. It, um, the, the, like the, it feels like the the space, the world that you're inhabiting. It's really. Um, sort of open and vast and epic. I really love the um, the wall text as well because Larry's written all these messages on the walls. Normally you'd have a very formal kind of wall text, but he's actually written a letter to the visitors, to us, and it says, like, to one and all, greetings. <laughs> and he's yeah. talking all about the, the games and why he got into gaming and how he hopes that this room will help us to, like, see a different dimension. yeah. It's really personal, isn't it? Yeah, he's talking about childhood and growing up. and Oh, and he's teaching his own children as well. Oh. Yeah, it's just been a real kind of privilege to work with him and be able to show his work in Margate. That feels very, like, rooted locally, but then is referencing pop culture, is talking about these bigger global kind of issues going yeah. on. And um, I'll just mention that the show is actually touring... So it's going to MK Gallery next, and then it's going to Baltic and Gateshead. So it will be really kind of fascinating to talk to those visitors and see how they're experiencing the show in a different context, which still feels very much rooted in the UK. So next, after Larry's show, we are presenting work by Ingrid Pollard, 
who's this incredible British artist um, whose work kind of spans photography and painting and writing, and she's an activist and an educator as well, has just been nominated for the Turner Prize, so we're really excited for her for that. So we'll be taking on that show and kind of remaking it. It's currently at MK Gallery, but it's coming here and we have a kind of new duration. So this show ends on the 19th of June, mm. so plenty more time to see it, and obviously it's touring, so a chance to see it kind of around the country. Oh, that's great. Can you talk a bit about what, what the future holds? Well, we are 11 years old now, so mm. 10 years last year, so it felt like a real moment of kind of taking stock and yes. thinking about what Turner Contemporary is really good at and like what our place is in the community. So we're hoping to, you know continue showing kind of international work supporting emerging UK artists but becoming more of a sort of educational hub yes and a real space for the community to use yeah it's exciting yeah. Yeah. exhibitions like this are temporary obviously and they're constantly evolving how many shows do you do every year we kind of work seasonally so it's about three or more shows a year that's cool. but it is rapidly changing and that's why I'm kind of drawn to this window sometimes in the learning studio because you have this amazing view and the sea is always there kind of rain mm. or shine mm. it's, it's the kind of permanent thing um, to this building now we're walking outside and we're the gonna... wind's picked up a bit <laughs> It's a blustery day. Yeah, just going down the steps. The thing about Margate is, though, the air's really fresh. Like, it is. I always feel really relieved when I get outside. Yeah, so the tide is too high, so we can't actually see the statue right now because it's hidden within the water. But um, obviously we've both seen it a lot, and it is something worth waiting for. Yeah, There's actually is. a tide app, which I use, because I love swimming in the tidal pool Well, you here. need it if you live here. Yeah, exactly, because otherwise you don't know, <laughs> you what don't know what's going on. the tide um, is. But what we can see is we're currently at a building... Of it's the, the Droit House. Oh, yeah, yeah, Droit House, there it is. And above the entrance, um, there is a, a neon artwork by the artist Tracy Emin, who's obviously a friend of ours, and it says, I never stopped loving you. And she put this up about 10 years ago or so, and it used to be in green, I think, but she's since changed it into this pink colour, which, when the sun sets, it's the most amazing yeah, work. Yeah, it looks incredible. And it's a lovely thing because she was born in Croydon but then grew up in um, in Margate. So for her to give a work that says, I never stopped loving yeah. you, it's very tender and yeah. um, really sweet. Yeah, I find this really poignant, actually, yeah. this, this piece. I always remember Tracy saying to me that um, one of the things she liked as a kid was being able to look out because she knew that, like, France was across the water. Yeah. Like, maybe Norway, if you were a bird, you could, like, fly quite quickly to yeah. Norway from here. <laughs> but there was an idea of, like, the, the rest of the world is yes. there. And that it wasn't this, like, introspective, isolated sort of place. It was very much a European town and, and connected to other worlds. It always felt like you were connected to so many other things because you could just get to London so quickly. Yeah. Um, it never felt like you were cut off from anything. That is the longest I have spent off my telephone in about three years. I'm Same. not even lying to you. Like... I Exactly I, the same. Especially since we've been doing talk art, we're always on our phones, always yeah. on Instagram. It's so nice. I've loved it's that. Really nice. What it's a actually quite feels like a real luxury it does, and a privilege yeah. to to say. Well, we've been together since like nine o'clock this morning. Like we've just got these hours to just be, reflect, process our thoughts. Yeah, 
It's been lovely. Yeah, hang out with each other. <laughs> I recommend it to everyone if, you, if they're listening, because it is just like magic, isn't well, it? Well, we are absolutely allowed to have moments of escapism. Yes. And moments where we don't have to try and solve all the issues and solve all the problems. Like, you need that. It's a balance of rest as well. And it's a balance of, you know, like if you're within activism it's about fighting but it's also about resting and it's also about celebrating and it's also about reflecting and I think sometimes when I look at artwork it encourages me to just think about things in a different way and having that space to be able to do that today it's a bit of a luxury yeah especially with your kids I guess especially having two children and and teaching and writing a book Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Museum with me, Robert Diamant. And me, Naomi Evans, here at the Turner Contemporary in Margate. If you like this episode of the podcast, please rate, subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, you can show your love for museums with the National Art Pass. It gives you great benefits at hundreds of venues while raising money to support them.